street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. About the How to Change Minds Street Epistemology-inspired comic. Before delving into the script used to create the comic, here is some background from the two individuals involved with the project. Anthony Magnabosco here. Rebecca and I met at QEDCon in Manchester, England in 2017, where each of us were tabling, me and several other volunteers for Street Epistemology, and she for her amazing line of skeptic-themed comics. We kept in touch since the event, vowing to work together in some capacity. When Rebecca showed me her short 10-page SE-inspired comic, I instantly wanted to help her reach a larger audience by converting it to a video. This project challenged my video editing skills like no other, and for that I am grateful. I'm really happy how this project turned out, Hope her creative work inspires more people to look into SE, and I'm eager to work with Rebecca again soon. Hey, I'm Rebecca Fox. About 10 years ago, I went through a pretty intense period of questioning and re-evaluating my beliefs about the world. I didn't mean to demolish and reconstruct my whole worldview. I just wanted to look into this idea my colleague had about fluoride in the Australian water supply. But once I started looking into that idea, I found other people who were curious about what was true. They called themselves skeptics, and they had a seemingly reliable method for assessing claims about fluoride and everything else. The method has three main aspects. Attention to logical coherence, awareness of human biases, and respect for reality. Once I embraced these principles, they took on a life of their own, whether I liked it or not, and I often didn't. I found myself applying them to my everyday choices, to my ethical positions, and to my religion. I started with something easy, a kooky idea my obnoxious colleague was always going on about, and ended up changing my beliefs and my life. When I first read about street epistemology, I thought, that's what I do. I ask myself the questions that street epistemologists ask other people. Why do you believe that? How confident are you in that belief? What if compelling counter-evidence presented itself? Are you sure? Are you sure? I also thought, I can't do that. I'm not the sort of person who can talk to strangers about beliefs, conversations about the weather, stressful enough. But I know how valuable being encouraged to interrogate your own epistemology is. And having read widely in the field of behaviour change, I appreciate how remarkable street epistemology is. I wanted to contribute to a movement that I think has huge potential to change individuals' lives and society as a whole. Movements need metaphors. Movements need art. Especially movements based on abstract concepts that demand metacognition and depend on complex philosophical terminology. Art makes complicated ideas graspable, and art is something I can kind of do. Epistemology is a tricky word. If we can explain it simply as talking or thinking about our tower of beliefs, it will still be difficult to do, but I'm hoping we'll be more inclined to try. How to Change Minds 
The following is the actual narration that appears in the How to Change Minds comic and video. You can find the artwork and purchase a wonderful pin shown here on Rebecca's website. To Change Minds by Rebecca Fox Narrated by Anthony Magnabosco Page 1 We all walk around with towers of beliefs stacked in our heads. Though we are not always conscious of them, we are always guarding them, negotiating carefully so as not to upset the balance. Page two. Some people's towers are so tall and precarious that they are too scared to move. Some people are so good at balancing it seems to defy physics. Some people are reckless constantly losing blocks and picking up new ones. Some people's towers are short and sturdy. They can dance without fear of falling. Some people's towers are so high, they can't enter certain rooms. And others have towers just tall enough to ride the ride that they want to ride. Page three. Protecting our tower are two characters, the prince and the beast. The prince might be a scientist, a philosopher, or a politician. They could be of any or no gender. Mine kind of looks like Patrick Bateman. The beast is always ugly and always scared. Page four. The prince and the beast can't see the tower. They just know they have to protect it. The prince does this with wit and eloquence. He is, after all, quite charming and a master of misdirection. If someone gets too close to the tower, he'll distract them with a joke. <laughs> when cornered, he might even give up a few top blocks to preserve the overall structure. Page five. But if anyone goes for those bottom blocks, the foundational beliefs, they meet the beast. The beast will not let you take those blocks. He will fight and bite and claw for them. Like all violence and anger, his is motivated by fear. He knows how much is invested in the bottom blocks Perhaps it's someone's livelihood 
or their connection to the people they love or their entire identity. He knows what will happen if the tower falls. The beast is not stupid. He knows how people work and how to hurt them. Page six. If you want to try and change anyone's beliefs, you have to contend with their prince and their beast, looking for loose blocks, probing to see if they'll come out easy. If there's a millimeter of wiggle room, While, if you're lucky, the prince tries to disarm you. Or, if you're unlucky, the beast attacks. They may be sleazy and scary, but their intentions are noble. They think that by protecting the tower, they are keeping their host safe. Page seven. Maybe, if you're quick, you can reach in and pull out a few loose blocks. The person might even thank you for lightening the load. But maybe you get gouged by the beast. Or you choose the wrong block, and instead of helping them carefully deconstruct it, the whole tower tumbles haphazardly. And in the chaos, someone gets hurt. Either way, rooting around inside someone's head while they're not looking seems kind of rude. Page eight. That's why the best way to change other people's beliefs or to change your own is not by gingerly prizing blocks out one at a time. It's by acknowledging that the tower exists and by asking, how did you build that? Why did you build that? What's keeping that up? The prince and the beast aren't on guard for questions like that. Page nine. So while they're on a coffee break, you get to talk to the person themselves, make a genuine connection. Instead of debating the merits of specific beliefs, you can consider how you decided which blocks to build your towers with. The higher up blocks might have been chosen because they made us feel good or just happened to be lying around. You may find that most of us didn't choose our bottom blocks at all. Those foundational beliefs were laid by our culture, our society, or our parents. Once we know why the blocks are there, we can step back and take a long, hard look at our tower. Page 10. And consider, 
wouldn't it be a lot easier to get by with a shorter one? Made of beliefs we consciously chose because we had solid evidence to support them. You know, something you can dance in. Talking and thinking about the tower is what philosophers call epistemology. And if you want to change your own or someone else's mind, it's the best game in town. Because it allows us to talk about beliefs in a way that is kind, supportive, and less likely to end in rubble. The end. To find out how to talk about the tower, go to streetepistemology.com. To find more of Rebecca's work, visit rebeccaonpaper.com. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.